Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. Uh, we are rocking and rolling. Week number 11 is here. We are set for top 25 battles across the board. Welcome to college football today. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going to take you through for the next three hours. Doesn't get better than this. I mean, guys, I mean, this is what it's all about if you're a college football fan. I mean, Top 25 battles, not the best slate, Rich, but still games that could possibly be upsets in the making. Yeah, we see every Tuesday night that the playoff rankings are coming out, so we're starting to get an idea as to which teams are are legitimately making a run, not just for conference titles, but also potentially a national championship. So now every weekend, although we don't see the marquee matchups, we do see a lot of games that are going to impact the playoffs. Dave, I mean, there's been huge action in terms of line movement from the games that opened up Saturday, uh, Sunday night through today. I mean, Ian Book is out for Notre Dame. That line moved about two and a half points already. But what are you looking at in terms of line movement for some of the top games today? There has been a lot of line movement. And as you guys uh, can see, I'm supporting uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Go blue. <laughs> and I'm going to live and experience the real college football experience today. Talk some ball with you. Give people some best bets. And then take the uh, the adventure out uh, to uh, Rutgers. And uh, let me tell you, it's not easy getting there, guys. And for one reason or another, there's some live movement in this game. People betting on Rutgers. It was 39 and a half earlier in the week, down to 37 or so uh, right now. I don't really understand that movement. There's been a lot of talk. And remember last week, guys, uh, the Vegas Sportsbooks talked about how they got punched in the mouth. Well, they don't just get punched in the mouth on Sunday with the NFL. They also got punched in the mouth on Saturday with Alabama. And even though the public was on LSU in that football game, uh, the there's a lot of money, the sharp, the so-called sharps, I don't really like that term, but they all hammered Alabama in the first half. So we've had movement in the first half this week. It was 14 earlier in the week, guys. They put that hook there right now at uh, 14 uh, and a half. Um, Texas A&M starting to get some late money right now, uh, guys, for one reason or another. And I'm, I like uh, Mississippi in that game, uh, but I guess the public's fading me. Yeah, I think when you look at this week in particular, Rich, the second week in November, we saw last year Georgia go on the plains in Auburn, come out with a loss two years ago. Pittsburgh went into Death Valley and they knocked off Deshaun Watson and Clemson. And then Michigan went into Iowa City, came out with a loss that cost them a Big Ten title. So this could possibly be the weekend where we see one of the top four teams get knocked off. Well, Joe, now the pressure is like nothing these kids have seen all season long. I mean, it's always difficult on a week-in, week-out basis. It's always competitive. But now, you know, the, the noose starts to get a little bit tighter because you could see we're getting close to the end of the regular season close to championship weekend. Now you're starting to feel more and more pressure. So Georgia's rolling, but here comes the rival Auburn. You know, a Clemson is on an Alabama-like tear, but now they got to go to Chestnut Hill to play Boston College. So the pressure is like nothing they've seen all season long. 
And for those of us who like to watch college football, it's it's never better than this. Yeah, we saw Alabama last game of the regular season do, lose to Auburn by 12 points. So you, you can't say it can't happen. I mean, Alabama moving along. Best team in the country right now after last week's performance in Death Valley. But you never know. And that's why we watch college football. The pressure, as Rich stated, the pressure starts uh, The pressure starts to mount. I don't see, we talk about it with the kids, but I don't think the kids look ahead so much because they have short attention spans and it's really they're living in it now. I think the pressure starts to mount on the coaching staffs as well. As, you know, you're, you're sort of, it's the calm before the storm right now. You know, everything you've gone through through the season is coming down to now over the next couple of weeks. If you're Urban Meyer, you've got Michigan looming. You got, you know, if you're if you're Harbaugh, you've got Ohio State uh, lurking. Teams are starting to sort of take a peek at the finish line. If there's some obstacles, you still have some hurdles ahead of you. Te- don't you know? No doubt, teams are looking. Well, if we win these two games, we're in. And teams are playing out the scenario. And as soon as you start thinking ahead, that's when you start tripping. Yeah, and there's a huge game in the Big Ten in East Lansing. It's Ohio State on the road yep. to face Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State. Ohio State's won three of the last five by 19.3 points per game and picked up this victory last year in Columbus, 48-3. to I think it'll be a lot closer than last year's battle. I think Michigan State's a live dog here. Number one rush defense in college football, holding opposing offenses to 71 rushing yards per game. I think they force Ohio State into a lower scoring battle. I think they're a live dog here. I think they picked up a a seven point win in East Lansing later tonight. It wouldn't shock me. I I like in the spirit of candor, I like Ohio State in this game. I think this is a game where we see the better version of Ohio State, but I, I think you're spot on, Joe. I mean, this is a Michigan State is always a live dog for starters, particularly at home. I mean, this is a team that historically under Mark D'Antonio, when they're getting points, are very tough to beat. And Ohio State, we saw it again last week. This is not a complete football team. I mean, this is a team that has issues. Something is missing. The offensive line is horrible, particularly by the Ohio State standard. Now they have to go against that front seven of Michigan State. Ohio State defensively still giving up big plays, but... Let's not forget that Ohio State has gone into East Lansing six consecutive times and won. And I think that Michigan State is now starting to feel the effects of attrition. Rocky Lombardi under center. LJ Scott is dinged up. Felton Davis, their best offensive player, is out. So I like Ohio State, but I think you're you're wise to— Haskins is going to have to play better. And this is a very good Michigan State Spartan defense, especially against the run. So if they force Haskins to throw the football, Haskins is going to have to throw the football better. But ironically enough, I think this is one of Ohio State's sort of problems. Haskins really isn't that mobile guy. He sort of is a pocket passer. And Ohio State want to do more than that with their offense. Giving up 40 points a game defensively over the last two games as well, the Buckeyes are. I think the health issues and the the turmoil has caught up to them. I think it has been a tough season. Um, I, I think this game comes down to the wire. I really do. I'm not so sure. We keep waiting for Ohio State to become Ohio State. You are who you are. And it's funny, we're, 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 we're criticizing an 8-1 football team right now <laughs> as much as we are. And I think everybody sort of overanalyzes Ohio State. But it's not the same Ohio State team. I think Michigan State's, um, you know, they're 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 lurking in the bushes right now for an ambush job. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to create turnovers. They're plus three in turnover margin. They rushed last week for 229 against Maryland. It, it was a Maryland defensive front. But Ohio State got running the football last week against Nebraska. I mean, they were only averaging around 171 yards per game. They pounded the rock for 229 with Dobbins and Weber last week. They're going to need that up against Michigan State. They can't be one-dimensional. Now... 
I'm not sold on Ohio State being the same team without Nick Bosa in the lineup, and I think that's the one MO. The one thing I wanted to ask you is the revenge factor. We've heard it time and time again. We saw Georgia last year bounce back from revenge against Auburn. How much weight do you put into that, into this ballgame in East Lansing? I I think there's always, I wouldn't call it a revenge, but this is a hot rivalry. I mean, this is a rivalry that has really picked up steam over the past decade. So in terms of... You know, something beyond the X's and O's, beyond just the personnel, I think that always exists when it's Urban Meyer and Mark D'Antonio, when it's the Spartans and the Buckeyes, when the Buckeyes still, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. I don't think they're a playoff team, and they're not one of the top five teams in the country, in my opinion, based on how they've played, but win out, upset Michigan... Win the control their own destiny. They do. And so, You're so, telling me a Big Ten champion, one loss Ohio State Buckeye team, not in the playoffs? Especially if they beat a Michigan team that's going to be white hot by the time too. they and get to Ann Arbor. Yeah. You guys mentioned it. They own Michigan State. Seven and two against the spread last nine trips uh, at East Lansing. Yeah. That's a low number, too. I mean, it opened at three and a half. Starting to climb to four, up now, Joe. Yeah, the money's coming four, in on four, the Buckeyes. The perception, Gabe, too, is that Michigan State has Ohio State's number. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you go into it and you say, like. Perception's never reality. I know. Rich. I know. And, and the reality like the perception is, Ohio is like State. Mississippi State. Ooh, Mississippi State has <laughs> Alabama's number. They lost by six last year once. They got tattooed every other time before that. And straight. Oh, they have their number. Yeah. Right? Perception of reality is always two different things with teams that have each other's numbers. Traditionally, Michigan State is covered against Ohio State as a big underdog. Two years ago when they kicked a field goal. Actually, I think it was 2014. When they had that really rough year. When they utilized both quarterbacks and they they knocked out Urban Meyer. I think it was 2015 after the the year after they won the national championship. This isn't a great Spartan team, though, this year. No, it's It's, not. It's it's an average football yeah. team. I'm yeah. taking them here. I'm, I, again, I, I just feel... I, I don't think it's a bad pick on your part. Yeah. I mean, but some, sometimes I would disagree with you, and yeah. I'd be like, no, no, he's definitely wrong. I I like Ohio State because, I, because of the talent gap and because of what's at stake in this game. But I could see your logic in terms of live dog at home. I really yeah. can in this case we'll because see. Ohio State has to finally show up, and we haven't seen it consistently on either side of the yeah. ball. As we'll a Wolverine see. fan, I'm just disgusted that we spent about eight minutes talking about the Spartans. Oh, we'll, we'll get, we'll <laughs> get, and the Buckeyes. We'll get to the, are, they, are they the ones in, in, in rank fourth? Are they no, the ones but, in the playoffs but, but right your now? Te- your team, the last time your team was in this area, they won yeah. 78 to nothing. That's the thing. We never talk about the good teams. Like We never talk how people are like, Mercy, you guys don't talk in Bama. I'm like, dude, they, they, they kill teams. Every we, week. What do you want to we say? Had a Twenty-minute segment on Alabama. <laughs> well, that was last week. Well, t- you know, Alabama fans don't. What want have us you to done talk- for me lately? Yeah, it's a three-hour show. <laughs> they want us to talk two hours and fifty-nine minutes nah, on Alabama. That wouldn't so, be fun. Yeah. So let's talk about the matchup in Happy Valley. It's Wisconsin. Yeah, I like and, this one. And, yeah, and Penn State. This is an intriguing matchup. It's a rematch of the Big Ten championship game from a few years ago, where Penn State did get the victory with Trace McSorley that propelled them into the Rose Bowl against USC. These teams haven't met since. Now, no Alex Hornibrook. I don't think it's a problem. I look for yeah. Wisconsin to run the football. They're averaging 274 yards on the ground. I think Penn State's a tired football team. They gave up 259 last week to Ann Arbor. All three of us were on the Wolverines. I'm all in with Wisconsin. It just scares me. Everybody seems to be buying into this game. it too good to be true? That, that's the question. Does it? At, well, Penn State's 17-2 and two at home. I open up the post. I see every writer loves Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you know what? I, I mean, like, that's listen, the thing that's, that's scary. a lot of points yeah, in is. this matchup. I don't see a tremendous, and I've been down on Wisconsin this year. Wisconsin, Paul Chris has not done a great job. Is he dead I, to you? No, he's not. He's not quite dead to <laughs> me yet. Harsh. Not quite dead to me. I, I had Wisconsin winning the Big Ten title, and, right. and that's not in all likelihood not going to happen. I don't think they're going to win the West unless they get a break at this point. 
and Northwestern stumbles. But Wisconsin's been a little soft defensively, a little banged up now, banged up in the backfield without Alex Hornibrook. But at the end of the day, this is a team that runs the ball. And Penn State, to your point, which I agree, and the reason why I like Wisconsin is I think Penn State is gassed emotionally and physically. You know, the Michigan game, going back to the Ohio State game, the Iowa game. They're just playing nail biters week after week. Now, here comes this methodical, blue-collar Wisconsin team that can run downhill with John Taylor. I think this is a, I think this is a final possession game. You want to give me a touchdown plus, I'll take it. I agree with uh, what Rich had just stated. You know, this is a double revenge spot right now. I think Wisconsin, even though it hasn't been a great year for them, they're in a better place right now, like in their room. I think they're just in a, in a better mindset as opposed to Penn State, who have been playing some big-time football games over the last couple of years. It's been a real roller coaster emotional season for the Nittany Lions. I don't trust McSorley laying these type of points. And you look at Penn, now listen, it's it's too bad because you can really exploit Penn State if you can throw the football over the middle of the field. I mean, I've seen teams just throw on them repeatedly. But offensively, you know, they're inconsistent. McSorley can turn the football over. I, you know, Wisconsin's still playing for something right now. And, you know, to me, you, this this is a smash-mouth Big Ten football game where I'm getting eight. Uh, if Penn State were good, let's say this was like last year. You got Saquon Barkley, they're rolling, they're clicking on all cylinders. All right, then they're, then they're eight-point favorites against Wisconsin. They're not good. They're an average Penn State team. Yep. Why are they laying eight points? Yeah, I can't figure it I, out. The number just is jumping off the screen to me, Joe. Yeah, I know, and that's the scary part. It's inching up to nine. Here's the one thing. I mean, they're 17-2 and two at home since 2016. Both losses came this against, year. Uh, against Ohio State and Michigan State. But we saw Iowa push them to the limit. Mm-hmm. This is a Penn State team that's given up 172 rushing yards per game. And let's let's talk about the schedule in a row. Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana. They got beat up in. They laid 15. barely won that yeah, game. Yeah, they. Ba- I Iowa. have Indiana. They barely Iowa. won that game. Iowa. Now Michigan. Now you have a guy. Indiana pick first downs yeah. up too. Like I just think Wisconsin can sort of suck the, the life out of Penn the State. Only, I think they're like a boxer, as you stated. They're in the 10th round right now. They're, they're getting pummeled. The only way Wisconsin fought, loses this matchup in terms of the spread in this ball game is if Trace, Trace McSorley and Penn State jump up early. Yeah, they fall behind and early. And force yeah. Jack Cohn to match them score for score the and way Cohn starts did. turning the ball over right, potentially. Right. Now, the one good thing about Cohn is he's, he's a young kid, yeah. but he does have a game of experience. Right. This is not, you know, he did start a couple of weeks ago, so he has reps. He has it's not like uh, Hornerbrook is a Vince Young with the Texas <laughs> exactly. Longhorns yeah. either, right, guys? And that's a great point. You mean Rodgers? Uh, he's yeah, not Aaron Rodgers back there. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think sometimes, it's a you know, sometimes the backup quarterback gets things going. Sometimes it, it, it games summarize it well. And this is this is a Big Ten slugfest. This is a rock fight in the Big Ten. It's going to be cold. The, the turf is going to be hard. I think this is going to be a nip and tuck back and forth type of a game. And I also like the point about Penn State. Penn State last year, I wouldn't be concerned because that team was explosive. They'll they'll yeah, they'll smack 48, 49 points right. on you like that. That's not this team. Yeah. You can and, chew up clock on Penn State yeah. as well. I think Wisconsin well, can number play 78, ball control. Number 78 nationally against the run. Exactly. And when you face Wisconsin, that's something to be worried and about. That's five-minute drives at a time. That's seven-minute chunks of, of clock right there, Joe. I, I agree. If Jonathan Taylor, I mean, the game plan has to be feed Jonathan Taylor 35 You're to right. 40 times. As long as it's working, don't don't deviate from the, from the game plan. And I think that's what you'll see play out. I mean, the one thing as well is Wisconsin's only 
only given up 193 passing yards per game. If they could force Trace McSorley into long third down situations, they're allowing only opposing offenses 39% conversion rate. I think they win, I think they win this ball game. I mean, I'm, I, I think they can I, win outright as well. I, I say like 21, you know, 14. I, it could be a low scoring game. Maybe it's 28. Mm. Yeah, I was know, thinking 24, 21 style. Late, What's the total on the, on the game? I, I would be shocked if it's in an, in the 50s. I mean, really, for and that. And you know what? Be shocked. It's 54. That's a high total for that game. Surprise. Me too. I mean, because you you would, I mean, turnovers maybe, but I mean, Wisconsin's yeah. game plan has got to be running You know, it the is football. the Penn State Nittany Lions, their they, lack of defense, they're 7-2 and two to the over on the season. 7-2 yeah. to the over. Meanwhile, uh, Wisconsin are 5-4 and four to the over as well. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, where this Penn State defense is good this year is off the edge. Yes. You know, you know well, with Shaka Tony, with Sharif Miller, right? They, they can make plays off the edge, but Wisconsin's not going to give them a lot of opportunities yeah. to make plays in the you backfield. crazy, guys? One, two, three, four. Yeah, perception of reality again. Yeah. Five well, straight Badger Nittany Lion games over the number. We'll talk about the Bedlam Brawl next. Keep it where it is. Jolisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on this cold, crisp November Saturday. Doesn't get better than this year if you're a college football fan. Huge matchups taking place today. Top 25 battles. We're joined by Sports Brokers Vice President Jake. Well, Jamie Heath's going to join us in a little bit. He's joining us in spirit. He's joined- <laughs> Jamie's going to be with us in a little bit. But as Jamie gets ready, yeah. there's a huge battle in the Big 12. It's the Bedlam Brawl between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's won six straight over the Cowboys. I mean, Oklahoma State, a disappointing loss last week in Waco to Baylor. I think they were looking ahead slightly to this matchup with Kyler Murray and Lincoln Riley. Oklahoma wins, but I think this game's a lot closer than 20-point number. Great call by Joe last week with Baylor. That was a fantastic a finish. And a big tough. win for Baylor. Yeah. Baylor now 5-4, and four, one win away from bowl eligibility, which would be huge in year two for Matt Rule. Job, I mean, listen, this is a rivalry game. I think it's going to be a classic Bedlam game. A lot of points, a lot of up and down. Uh, I, I'm inclined to take the points, but the, the Oklahoma State is so schizophrenic no. this year, I can't figure them out. I, I mean, they'll land some body blows with Taylor Cornelius and Justice Hill and Tylen Wallace. They have the triplets, Dylan Snowner. They have skill position players to move the ball on that Oklahoma defense, which is slightly better under Ruffin McNeil. But let's face it, this is not going to be 1980s Nebraska defense here. I mean, this right. is an average defensive team. But at the end of the day, Oklahoma and Kyler Murray will score at will. So, you know, if you have to play this game, take the points, but I would avoid it. I think the best bet in this football game is that there will be points, and yeah. it's high for a reason. We're talking about 80 points right now, 80. guys. Is that the number? 80, yes, no, that's 80. huge. And you know what? It's the highest number that we've seen in, in a Bedlam matchup. But uh, Oklahoma had been an over machine this year. You mentioned, listen, Oklahoma, they're getting into the 50s, aren't they? 52, 55 points. Thing is, man, it's up to 21, 21 and a half points right now, guys. 
That's, you know, we're talking about three full touchdowns. That back door is going to be swinging wide open yes. in the windy in the windy plains, yep. uh, so to speak. You know, Oklahoma State's not going to quit in this game because it's a rivalry. Yeah, they're capable of getting blown out, but if you look at the history, they really haven't lost. They really haven't lost. They really haven't lost by more than uh, by more than twenty points uh, against their rivals all that much over the years. I'm betting the over. I sort of see a you know fifty one. 36 game, 55-41. Yeah. You know, I see Oklahoma State, Oklahoma winning by 14, 17 points, yeah. but I like the over better. Yeah. I think they get into the, look, what was it last year, 62-52? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I'm with you in terms of I could see fireworks. I mean, this is an Oklahoma State team that's rushing for over 200, passing for 295, and you have an Oklahoma offense that's averaging 227 rushing yards per game and over 300 passing with Kyler Murray. The one thing as well is I think if you're Oklahoma State, the only way you're in this ballgame is if you run the football with Cornelius and Justice Hill. The offense is just not the same without Mason Rudolph, without Jalen McCleskey. They don't have the type of playmakers that they did last year with Aitman to take the top off opposing defenses with Washington, and it's a different type of, I want to say, a more methodical Oklahoma State offense this year. You know what I think about, too, Joe, as we, uh, you know, it's it's sadly we're getting close to the end of 2018 so it is a little depressing but then I start getting excited I start thinking about 2019 does Mike Gundy and I'm not trying to put you on the spot but does Mike Gundy have a young quarterback because Cornelius is the bridge he's the stopgap he's a senior probably not going to be an NFL player but I wonder if there's a young kid in the stable because Mike Gundy always is going to have a prolific quarterback it's like Mike Leach with quarterbacks I thought it would be Drew Brown that that actually transferred from Hawaii I thought he gave them the best dimension in terms of his athleticism more like a Tony Jones back in the day that he could break contain now Cornelius has run the red read option but He's a big lumbering type of quarterback. He's not that guy that's going to put the pressure like a Kyler Murray on the perimeter. And I thought Drew Brown was a better quarterback. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I personally, the way it's going, if they get blown out of this matchup, there's a possibility Mike Gundy might not be in Stillwater next well, year. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. against that, Texas why by would a lot that of goodwill. Be, why would that be? I just think we've talked about it before. They'll that never fire him. No, if no, that's I don't, no, you're I, talking I, about him leaving. He, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We okay. talked about possibly. I got, I got nervous no, there. No, no, I think you're no, talking hot seat. No, I just think that if he starts to slip now at 5 Like a Jimbo Fisher you got to call Mr. Pickens right here. Hey, we got a problem. No, like a Jimbo, like a Jimbo Fisher taking a, yes, a better, I got you. you know, more per, uh, upside in terms of that possibility. It would be coming off of a rough year, but yeah. I think he's a great coach. Yeah. Listen, I, guys, I think he's one of the most underrated. From a betting perspective, and, you know, we can talk about trends. You know, you get into the old trends. Wow, the last 19 times these two teams have played, it's happened. I think in pro football, it doesn't really matter all that much. I think in college, history does repeat itself in these rivalries. Their systems. It's the same coaches for the most part. The, the programs are pretty much the same. It's the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey like it is in the NFL. So where I'm going with this is the last eight years, the last eight times these two teams have played, Oklahoma have only won by more than 21 points twice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's incredible. So it's not like they blow them out every year. We talk about perception and reality. It almost feels like, yeah, I can kind of remember a lot of these 55, 28 games. 
Well, hey, Oklahoma State, we're talking, this is reality. The last eight years, they've only lost by more than 21 points to the Sooners twice. Yeah, and it's in rivalry games, I'm inclined to take an underdog, oh, anything yeah. over 10 points. Sounds I mean, cliche, yeah. but they know each other. They're high to. school teammates. They're buddies. This is not a horrible underdog either. We're yeah. not talking about <laughs> Kansas. Yeah. You know, 10-win football We're not team talking about year. a Vanderbilt-caliber team. This is Oklahoma State with a mature quarterback and a coach who has been there for over a decade, you want to give me three these, touchdowns. The, the underdogs in these state rival games sort of punch up over their body weight as well. This is their freaking national championship. Cowboys are winning a national championship. Oklahoma has that Texas game. Uh, Oklahoma has big uh, national championship playoff picture on their mind. Oklahoma State have Oklahoma on their mind. Well, and if I could pig you, that's an excellent point. And, I'll, and I want to echo that throughout the month because that's that's important to keep in mind because there are a lot of teams, once we get to November, guys are dinged up, you're cold, you know, you, you're, you're thinking about holidays, NFL, whatever the case may be. There are a lot of distractions. But in rivalry games, the distractions are gone. Because if there's a temptation to look ahead to whatever, end of season, NFL, holidays, that's not if happening. If you're an Oklahoma State Cowboy player, you're being told, this is why you came exactly. here, to beat these guys today. There's no chance that Oklahoma State is distracted no. or unmotivated when they go to Norman no, today. No, this is their, right now, this is their season. And that's They're important to keep in mind. Exactly. And I'll throw this out before. They'll still lose, but I think they can cover. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, people are going to be tuning in going, yeah. man, these guys are picking up the Cowboys. <laughs> hey, hey, we're just saying they can cover. Well, speaking We're of the Cowboys, with 21. I'll just say this. I'll, I'll I'll tease it. Mike Gundy with Jerry Jones in Dallas. Oh, I could see him in the uh, NFL. Just saying. I could uh, see him know, in the NFL. Just saying. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's talking about the offense of mine, McVay, what he did with Goff. Just something to think about, you that's know, a, should it's an interesting, it's an interesting should, uh, connect Oklahoma the dots. State, you know, yeah. uh, start to go the other way. We'll see how it plays out. They have three games left, and we'll see. That is a 3-30 kick on Fox Sports, so check that game out. Another big battle later tonight, 7.30. It's Notre Dame and Florida State. Notre Dame without Ian Book. He was 22-34 last week, 343 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, gives way to Brandon Winbush. And all I can remember is 1993. Charlie Ward and the crew on the road in South Bend. Touchdown, Jesus stepped up, got the victory. What was the date of that game? I think it's exactly 25 years to the day. Yes, November 13th, 1993. William Floyd was on that team. Was it not one of the many Game of the Centuries at the time? Yes, yes. That was one of the original Game of the Century, they were calling it? Yep. That was a. I remember. Do you know what also game. happened that day? Was that the one? Was that the I, time, I'm guys? A, I'm sorry, afraid Rich. to ask. Stepping <laughs> on my line, but go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, is that the one though when they all got popped for? You know, they 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 had sports gear it was so cold. The Florida State kids actually like broke rules. I don't know if it using, was that like, one. Using a card, and I remember they had gear. Was that, was was that like, where, like, Free Shoes University yes, came yes, from? Yes, yes, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't Anyway, remember. sorry, go ahead, Rich. But, yeah, I remember all those games in the centuries all the time would bow. No, no problem. I, I was going to say, you know what else happened that day, November 13th, 1993? No, go ahead. I got married that day. Wow! It was, and, and we were we were hovered around the bar trying to watch Charlie Ward and the Florida State. Wow, so wow. We got that, was, that was your wedding day, you That remember? was my wedding day, yeah. Well, 
That was you got quite was, the wife hovering around the bar. That was not my fondest memory, but uh, it, all, too. I it all began there. What happened today? It was uh, the uh, Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart, <laughs> Vince McMahon screwed Bret Hart. Well, uh, twenty-one ch- years ago yesterday. It was also Bobby Bowden's 89th birthday during the week, and I'm going to channel my old school Seminoles this coming Saturday later tonight. This is one of my better selections today. I'm taking the 16, 16 and a half. I took them with 18. Give me James Blackman, who threw for 26 of 46, 29 of 46, 421 yards. Florida State still only allowing 114 rushing yards per game. They have the speed. I think they're focused. This is their bowl game. You can get Notre Dame. Bowl eligibility. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, this this is, but I think they probably fall short. But they still Notre cover. Notre Dame's out of tendency, if you notice. Look what happened against Pitt. Five-point game. you got to believe the pressure is starting to build on Notre Dame a little bit right now. A little bit of a look at You can't tell me they're not looking ahead. Syracuse they won might last be. night on oh, TV. Oh, they might be. You're going to yeah. Yankee Stadium. Hey, FSU, they ain't nothing. Yeah. You know, they, and as you say, they still have athletes. Yeah. They still have blue-chip athletes. They're just sort of all over the place and not on the same page. Gabe, if you lined you up the athletes. You could get backdoored in this game. If you lined up the athletes, I, I don't think the Notre Dame yeah. athletes are necessarily better than the Florida State athletes. No. Oh no! I, I, no I, I, if you add up the if you were, we added up the stars next to the recruits, yeah. I bet you FSU wins. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to what's what's left in the heart right. of Florida State, and, and so it falls on that staff and Willie Taggart. Yeah, and, but we're talking. You go out there in a South Bend, dark, <laughs> cold. And dreary I, night. You're, you're from Florida. There ain't nothing out there, man. Well, and you, I think it hinges you know, on what happens in the first bus. quarter. I'm I, just saying, you know, do FSU pull an Oakland Raiders and right. say, hey, well, this ain't going our way? But on national television, you're your bowl eligibility. If you like Tiger, you show up in battle. Well, here's the thing that I like that they weeded out the players that were quitting on them, supposedly after that Clemson loss. And, and a lot of people thought it would be last week that they would bounce back against NC State. It takes some time. And I like the quarterback change. I've been saying, when is Blackman right. going to play? He's a different is type of Is he definitely starting, Joe? I don't. They haven't said it, but okay. how, how can he not be? I mean, 421 he put up. He's a more a couple of guy. picks, though, too. I mean, you that's... Know, yeah, you know. I don't know. I mean, I just think he's a... To me, he seems like a, a, an infusion to that offense. Offense, a spark plug. And you know what? That's what they need. So, uh, again, if they don't become bowl eligible this year, it'll be the first time in like 30 years that Florida State has not become bowl eligible. So, we'll see. I mean, they're four and five right now, need this victory to catapult them. So, again, 18 points, 16 points. I think they lose by 10, but it wouldn't shock me that they're in yeah, this I like game them with the points. into the fourth quarter. Speaking of eligibility, is DeAndre Francois eligible for Medicare yet or not? Because, I mean, <laughs> the, might be. the abuse that he has taken. I think he was happy to sit out last week's game against NC State, well, to be honest. I, I hope they give Tiger a chance. It was an ugly year. They have year. to, yeah. It's yeah an ugly will. year. Fisher was a weird situation. I think once the kids once the kids got sort of abandoned by Fisher, I think they were just sort of in screw everyone mode. I think there'll be a lot of people like these kids when they're gone after will say, I like Tiger, man, but screw FSU. I was supposed to go there and this was supposed to happen and it didn't. I think Taggart needs a year or two to get his kids in here. These are all Jimbo Fisher's kids still, and I think you have some disgruntled resentment among this room so far. It's a fair point. It's yeah, fair I point. think it's going to really be, do. I like, if you feel you were wrong, it's like, man, our coach recruited me. He's gone anyways. He's at A&M. Yeah. But can't, we're losing can't every guy, week. Can't the new guy come in and, and be a salve for that? Yeah. Can't the new guy come in? I'm just asking. Like, I, know, I know. You look at the kids and look at FSU. They go, you know, the finger-pointing starts and, you know, the, the pouting on the sidelines. And look at the kids, uh, we haven't talked, but look at the kids on Maryland. Look at what this team's been through. 
battling for ball eligibility still. Well, it's it's amazing. Like you know, some teams just have that resiliency. Yeah. Some other teams just you know. So what happens though when you get a bunch of skilled guys on a team? Mm. Maybe there's not no not enough leaders, right? You have too many. Uh, too many, uh, too many captains, well, not enough and, soldiers, so and to And those speak. blue chippers, Gabe, you know, they haven't faced a lot of hardship in their athletic career. Yeah. No, they're they on they high school teams and they're 14-0 and 0 every exactly. year. Yeah. They're, well, they're just trucking opponents, and then, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. hey, we have to battle you know, back from adversity. Kids, the first time they actually lose games is the NFL. Right. Yeah, yeah, Tag- your NFL players go, man, I've lost more games in a month than I have in my whole life ha- before. Hager gave up the play-calling duties in this ballgame, though. That's the one thing why I like Florida State here. It, it, when you start relinquishing duties, you become a better coach, and I think that's where it'll coach it up. The matchup that you want to see play out, and I think it'll be high scoring, is Florida State's a one-dimensional offense. They're averaging 76 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 125th out of 129 teams, and and Notre Dame has given up one of each. 88 through the air, but Florida State secondary has been torched. I, I mean, think about some of the players that have come out. Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James last year. They are allowing 280 passing yards per game yeah. to opposing offenses. That's why I thought the matchup favored Book. Now with Wimbush here, a more inconsistent quarterback, I think they have a shot here. You know, Notre Dame needs style points tonight as well. You I've, always need style points because they're not a shoe-in yeah, yet. Being undefeated... That's what I'm saying. Like, if they get up, are they going to? Yeah. Are they just going to start running the ball and say, "Hey, we got Syracuse next week. Let's just you know survive in advance here," as opposed to, you know what I mean? If they're up by 14 late, are they going to be throwing the football? I don't know. Without a conference championship, and I, I think Notre Dame is good safe, point. undefeated. But without a conference championship, they might need style points. And you only have Syracuse and USC right after this, so there's not. You know, Syracuse is going to be their biggest game left. Which that in itself is saying something. Syracuse is having a great year. I mean, yeah. Dino's doing a phenomenal job. But it's still Syracuse. You know, you're not talking about an elite ACC team. And then USC, which is down this year. So I, I think they could be looking for style points just to kind of drive home the, the fact that we don't have, we're not going to be playing on conference yeah. uh, championship Saturday. Well, but keep, keep in mind as well, when you look, break down the top four teams, if Alabama, let's say, loses the SEC championship, then it's chaos. Well, but they're, but they're going to, they're, they'll probably be in. So oh, then you in. think the Big Ten champ will be in. Now you have, though, Alabama's in, Clemson's in. But if Georgia knocks off Alabama, now you have, you have a problem. Well, people are going to debate that Good point. a one you know, loss. That's why I think they need style points. Yeah, let's say, you know, people will say, oh, well, Georgia is more impressive than what Notre Dame did. Notre Dame's schedule was supposed to be tough right. before the year started. It turned out not to be. Stanford are supposed to be good. They're not. FSU's supposed to be good. They're not. Virginia Tech, Saturday night on the road, supposed to be, hey, we're not scared of anybody. Turns out everybody beats Virginia Tech right now. So it's kind of a weird deal. Like, Notre Dame's schedule before the year is like, wow, that's, that's, yeah. you know, that's very impressive. Now at the end, there's no style points. Their best win is the Michigan game. Right. That yeah. is their win. And it happens so early that maybe for some people, they're kind of like, yeah, um, look, yeah. Michigan would beat them now. Yeah, we'll yeah. say, yeah, I saw Pitt, you know, five-point win against Pitt only. Yeah. They kind of struggled here. Yeah, Stanford's five, uh, got four losses. So Notre Dame run the table they're in. Let's not, let's not get ridiculous. They should be, but Joe brings up an interesting point. I mean, we're playing what-ifs, but what if Georgia upsets Alabama? Both of those teams have one loss. You have two SEC teams in. Yeah. Again. 
And what that's going to be the sentiment. Okay. Like we had you know, this last year. But then let's say Michigan, there's a slight yes. possibility. Michigan can win the Big Ten and be out then. Right. Yes. Let's exactly. Say Clemson's yes. undefeated. They're in. Well, well here's What the would thing. you do? Michigan versus Notre Dame. Week one, obviously, Notre Dame beats Michigan. Michigan runs the rest of the table, wins the Big Ten championship. The more impressive team, potentially, you could have it come down to Michigan versus Notre Dame for that final spot. And even Notre more, Dame fans will have a heart attack if Michigan oh. got in. And yeah. we exactly. Them. If Michigan got left out, though, I guarantee you we'd have an 18 playoff within yeah. a couple of years, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's, I'm, as a Michigan fan, I'm counting on our, our juice, Jim Delaney. Come on. We all know this is politics, and the Big Ten plays politics with the best of them. We're as sleazy as any other conference. We get it. There's no way in hell a Big Ten champion's not getting in unless the Big Ten screws them and puts another Big Ten team we'll, in like they did before. We'll talk about that, and along with Texas and Texas Tech next... Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back on College Football Today, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going all through the top 25 battles today. We're going to get into our 12 o'clock best bets. I'll jump right into it. I like Wisconsin with the eight, with the nine points on the road in Happy Valley. Also think that Michigan State is a live dog against the Buckeyes later today. And then I'm... Going out on a limb. I know a lot of people don't like them, but I love Florida today against South Carolina. To me, South Carolina, a tired team. They allowed 237 last week to Ole Miss in terms of rushing yards. Florida's averaging around 171 yards on the ground. I think they pound the rock on a tired South Carolina team that has won three of the five in the series by 5.1 points per game. Give me Florida. I think they roll later today. You know, Florida, I mean, Florida is so um, up and down lately. Hmm. You might be right. I think South Carolina and Will Muschamp has... That's a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it'll be a tough game. I mean, I I wonder at the beginning of the week who the quarterback was going to be. Now Kyle Trask is out for the rest of the year, so no quarterback controversy. Back to Felipe Franks, who, quite frankly, is just an average to below average college quarterback. We'll see what Dan Mullen could do with him long term. I don't feel strongly enough about this game. I was shocked by really? last week's loss for the Florida Gators. Oh, the my fashion God. fashion that they lost. Oh. It cost me pretty good financially, yeah. too. I had the Gators tied to a lot of money line parts. Didn't see Missouri going in there and doing that. No. Yeah, no. it was, it was, We it was, talked about it. I, I loved Florida last week against Drew Locke. You had Missouri. It was a great he call. He stepped up I, finally. He finally stepped up. I've got up, a pick. I like Drew's. Like, uh, like uh, Drew Locke. Joe, Joe Lee's. Yeah, he stepped up. I just finally. Think no, but, but, but that was a knock on him. I no, mean, that was his best role performance. You're right. As a, I mean, as a whole, it was good. I got some, uh, should I get into my early uh, best yeah. bets or you guys want no, to go we're, here? We're, you have oh, any, yeah, any uh, yeah, mine real quick because I agree with you on Wisconsin. I, I, I think that's a one-possession game. Wisconsin getting more than a touchdown seems like a gift at Penn State today. And I'll go opposite, Joe. I like Ohio State. Uh, I understand their shortcomings, but with the potential to still win 
the Big Ten and play for a national championship. I think the talent of Ohio State supersedes Michigan State, which is banged up at this point. Uh, guys, I'm going to take uh, the Mississippi Rebels in this football game. I some, like that guy. Some like early SEC Miss. action. Remember, Mississippi got some good news. You know, more recruits coming back. Um, and I think uh, they're doing a great job uh, with this program. The new coaching staff can't go to a bowl game, so the kids are enthusiastic every week. I don't know. We got two five and four football teams. I just don't justify why Jimbo Fisher's laying 13 points uh, in this game. I just, I just think the number's a little bit too high. We talked about that Florida Gator game. It's very rare that I will take uh, an under in today's football era. I'm looking at an under in this uh, Florida South Carolina game. I just it's, I don't think it's going to be a track meet at all. You look at their points, and you know they're both averaging about thirty points a game, but it's kind of skewed because they played in fear of competition earlier in the year. I think this is going to be an old fashioned smash mouth um, football game, hard hitting, you know, twenty four twenty one style game. Talking about fifty four points, guys. 54 points with these two offenses? I just don't see it. We're going to go with the underdog here, too. It wasn't up on the board. This is an added pick. Uh, fell through the cracks for me, but I'm all over it as well, guys. Love the Badgers, uh, plus the points here. And early start. So that's what I got in, in the early games. I'm going to go with uh, Mississippi, plus the points. I'm going to um, take... Um, Wisconsin plus the points, and let's go uh, Gamecocks, Gators under the number. We got some three uh, three thirty uh, kickoffs here as well as you guys can see. It for couldn't even on. fit them on one page. It looked well, like you guys are busting me last week. Are you not enough picks, Marenzi? We did, we we double we double screened it there, but no, I, I agree with you. I think Ole Miss is a live dog today. I mean. I'm not sold on Texas A&M. I think they're a good team. I think Vegas is overvaluing them as like this elite yeah. SEC West team. 13 points. They're going to trade points. It's going to be a close game. They, they put so much weight because they lost to Clemson and Alabama, and mm-hmm. they covered the number on both. So this yep. is all of a sudden a good. Jared Stidham tore them up in the fourth quarter for three touchdown passes last week. I mean, if he could do that, Jordan Tiamu and A.J. Brown should have a field day. Well, what do we always say, too, guys? If you want a, the potential for a backdoor cover, give me a team yeah. that can score. Give me a team that can get up and down yep. the field in a hurry in the event that we need a backdoor cover. Ole Miss is perfectly suited for that. I, I agree with what both of you guys have said. These are two relatively similar teams. The big difference is obviously AM plays defense, Ole Miss doesn't. And that's the reason why the Aggies are favored by double digits. But at the end of the day, I don't see a tremendous amount of separation between these two teams. And I think Ole Miss is a, is a program that's gradually trending in the right direction. Give me the team getting points and, and can score late. Well, I'll say this. I'm going to throw this out there now. This just popped into my head. The total, 67 and a half. Ole Miss's defense is horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a sift. Six and up, three to the over on the season. They're giving up like 241 rushing yards to opposing offenses. I mean, Travion Williams should have a huge day. And on, on the back end, Texas A&M's defense, their weak link is the secondary. So there should be a lot of points. Uh, again, I think they're going to pass maybe 50, 60 times in this ball game. So give me the over 67 in that 12 o'clock matchup. Good call. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that game plays out. Let's turn our attention to the big battle in Lubbock. It's Texas and Texas Tech. Texas, what a disappointing loss. They blew that game in the fourth quarter to Will Greer. I mean, credit Dana Holgerson. That was a gutty call that could possibly catapult West Virginia to a Big 12 title. Tom Herman didn't get it done. Now goes on the road to Lubbock to face a team in Texas Tech that stepped up. They covered the number last week against Oklahoma. Didn't have enough in the tank to get the win, but they did get this victory last year 27 to 23 
I'm back in the Longhorns here. I don't think it'll be easy, but if Texas loses this game, they're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, they should be dead to you right now. I mean, this team is just, uh, they haven't capitalized after the Oklahoma win. I don't know if they're going to get to the Big 12 title game. There's no margin for error right now. Next week, it's Iowa State yeah. in a game that could be an elimination game for the Big 12 championship game against the Cyclones. Texas has just been up and down. And what, what's really disappointed me is the defense. You know, the defense, which is where the preponderance of talent is, especially in the back seven, the speed, the Gary Johnsons, the Caden Stearns, they just have tanked the last couple of weeks. Now, I, you know, I, we could say, well, it was Will Greer. Iowa State shut down Will Greer yeah. at home. So, you know, Will Greer was able to tear them up at the end with that beautiful teardrop pass at the oh, end to Gary Jennings was a beautiful, and then the two-point conversion for the win. So Texas has its back against the wall. I'm just not sold on Texas Tech, so I'll take, I'll hold my nose and take the Longhorns at this point. Visitor has won the last four in this series. I'll take Texas, Texas Tech. I don't like it as much as you Texas do. Texas Tech would get a big win last year in the end of the year with this. Uh, they, they did, and they switched quarterbacks at the end. He he was losing that ball game. All the Kingsbury. talk of Herman being a king. Kingsbury suddenly 6-2 and two ATS last eight games. We're going to tip our cap to this guy. Kingsbury was on the way out, man. People are like, go coach a high school team with your pop gun uh, offense and, you know, bad defenses. He's done a great job uh, so far this year. I like the over in this game. Do you? It's not that high. It's 61 for a Texas Tech game for Texas, you think Jet Duffy can can find his? That's my other concern. Is I you know, I feel better about a, about Tech if, if Bowman? Bowman was playing, yeah. but Bowman, you know, is, yeah, who's putting this kid back out there with a collapsed lung? So uh, that was I horrible. can't understand that. Was that. Hard. He collapsed on the sidelines. Yeah, like, I mean, a, a, now, in the third twice quarter. in the same season, he's horrible. had a collapsed lung. I mean, geez, well, I, I, I Sean Watson's doing it right, so I guess uh, they figure, hey, why well, you should do it too? But remember, it's always about the kid's safety and uh, kids. Yeah. Kids will be. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. get started. Last week we almost we almost we got him going. We'll get him going. Let's, get, let's fire off a couple of uh, games from the chat uh, here to keep up. We've got our regular viewers, our main man, James Ross, regular viewer. What's up, James? Profits for Life Pushy in the house. Uh, we got Rodney Burgess. Some interesting games we're asking about. Let's start off with Maryland and Indiana. A uh, big game as far as bowl eligibility for both these teams. I'm le- leaning with the Terps, but here's it's a thing. tough game, man. Here's the thing, and I said this last night on the show in Vegas. Tell me who's, who's enamored with Maryland. They bet them down against Iowa. They bet them down against Michigan. They bet them down against uh, last week against Michigan. Probably State. duffel back boy. Mean, it might be. I mean, because I think they're not a good football team. I mean, they are not a good football team. And Indiana is fighting to become bowl eligible under Tom Allen. They're a physical group. I think they have better quarterback play. Maryland's only yeah. averaging 120 passes. Maryland can't throw the ball. East Indiana is more dynamic. Give me right? Indiana. I mean, they should win this ball game. In my opinion, ten to thirteen. You know, points. oddly enough, I think they're still. Afterglow from from the opening win over Texas. I mean, I Could think that people be? are still. I, I kind of you know it's weird to me because there's not a tremendous amount of talent. Yeah, even when they played Michigan, you're right. Balanced on Maryland. Yeah. It was late Maryland, money coming they in. They better down. The line was, I believe, it was 18. Uh, it opened and it was down to like. I think it's those cool uniforms they have. <laughs> it might be what's his face, Plank. You think he's? You think? No, he's you know what? I think Kevin it, Plank. The Under Armour effect. <laughs> I think it's a little bit. I was, I was talking about earlier. People buy into the resiliency factor of these yeah. kids. I, I, I don't know, because you're right. You know, people bet on an underdog. We talk about it. You want a team that can throw the football, they can come back. They can't. Right. They can't. You're right. They run the ball. If, if it's a close game, they're in it. And if they, they, if they fall behind, they're screwed. Yep. I, I could see maybe Iowa. But that line in Iowa opened up at 13 points by game time. It was seven and a half. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the fascination I with mean, Maryland at this point. I, I, and, and you know what? This is why I think it's sometimes Vegas 
plays around because how much money has to be bet for, on one side for, for them to move yeah. from 13 and a half down to eight or seven and a half? And yeah, they about, say it's not how much money, but who bet it as well. Right. Uh, how about uh, TCU, West Virginia? Yeah, I like West Virginia here. I'll just, I'll someone's asking this. about the over in this game. Don't. Yeah, maybe. Here's the thing. that The only reason why I like West Virginia. West Virginia's uh, defense doesn't blow. And TC, TCU's quarterback. TCU's won four of the last five, but they're negative 10 in turnover margin. You can't cover on the road, in my opinion. Going up against Will Greer, when you turn the football over that many times, and I think Gary Patterson's lost the team. 14-13 yeah. over K-State. Shocking. You know, a gimme, gimme West Virginia. Uh, I focused. asked this question during the week. Who who has done, who's having one of the worst coaching years of the season? Bobby I, Petrino. I threw out Petrino. I threw out Mark Rick that right. Miami's having a terrible year. But Gary Patterson, you know, a, a team that, that I thought could have competed for a Big, Big 12, 12 title they this were year. were the title and game at, last year. And at least they had defense. They had more speed. Everyone I talked to said Fort Worth. Haven't seen this much skill position speed ever under Gary Patterson. And this team is shot. And, and now they're doing a backup quarterback in Michael Collins. Defense has been sketchy. No Cavante Turpin. Uh, West Virginia, I think they smell it. I think they sensed. I, I don't see them looking ahead. I think this is a route as well. Yeah. I, I think they just take flight you know what? and they pound TCU. Um, you wouldn't think it, but uh, if, you're, if you're out there, you never assume that uh, – Midtown Manhattan would have a bunch of West Virginia Mountaineer fans running the streets. But last Saturday, right outside our studio, of course, Jack Doyle's uh, local Irish pub. It's a West Virginia hangout. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I went out there last Saturday after. It's like literally like 80 dudes in West Virginia jerseys. Yeah, they like, were what here they travel very well. They were here week no, one. They're all, they so they're locals, Tennessee. New Yorkers yeah. that went to university there. And um, so yeah, that, that's a local it's a chapter. Sp- in other words, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, West exactly. Virginia chapter. So, yeah. yeah, big big win for them. I you know I I don't trust TCU to hang around in this game. Another interesting game. There's been line movement here, and the thing with this team is most of their games are always close. Pittsburgh Panthers, they were three point favorites against Vautech. It's up to three and a half right now. Some fours even popping up. Seems like people are jumping. Oh, look at Pitt! Look at Pitt! Suddenly, when when you trust Pitt to win a game yeah. as a favorite, that's when they're going to put a knife in your back, Joe. I, I like I like Willis. But Vautaks just aren't any good. Yeah, they're not. And they're good. one win away from bowl eligibility. Do you know how big this is for Narduzzi I, to get there? Well, forget about bowl eligibility. The ACC, yeah, yeah they, title game. They're going to face Clemson in in the in the ACC, Shock, which is nuts. That, that, I know. I mean, come on. Hey, we're going to have some really bad. I was just going to say, games Gabe. I was just going to. I don't want to like, jump too far ahead. Like, but December first, we could have some some really bad, some weird ones. I mean, people to be like how outside the hell is of, this team in a title game it's outside sure. of alabama georgia we could be looking at northwestern michigan yeah you know that's, we could be looking the, at what about the pac 12 washington game, state ASU, yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's it's not bad but but for conference i agree yeah. it's yeah. an entertaining game for regular season but yeah. if you want to talk about a conference championship yeah. game no, there's I want some there to weird be matchups you're like the big there's 10 parody. standings you know what i want it to be you know what i want conference championships to be i want them to be Sort of quasi quarterfinal. Oh, so you guys, uh, you're saying you like Virginia Tech plus the points. I'll take. Yeah, I think I think the weak link of Pitt is their secondary, giving up two fifty. I say per Pitt game. wins a close one, and but I can't lay three. And Fuente, a half. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, Fuente is a better. He's an underdog. He's a better underdog than he is a yeah, favorite. Yeah, a little. That's Fuente legend starting to uh, to upset. He's having a, a rough bit, year yeah. as well. I, I'm not yeah, sold in yeah. Narduzzi though. Uh, Narduzzi has well, a Narduzzi at home. Four they're playing well. Uh, yeah. I'll still take the Hokies. Uh, Darren Hall is running well. I don't like that game though. I mean, that's I don't a, want, listen. It's not for me. I'm not. I'm not suggesting this is a best bet. But I, I think when you look at Pitt, 
They finally have a little bit of momentum. They have something to play for in November. They're actually nearing a coastal title for Narduzzi. Yeah. He padlocks at least another year if yeah, he gets to an ACC championship game. He was exactly. He, was. Oh, no he wins another. Hard to hard to uh, fire a guy if he gets him to oh, the conference can't. title game. Yeah. What about this point spread, guys? What am I missing on this? Are there like are there a ton of injuries? Cincinnati laying two touchdowns. No, they got blown out last week to Tulane. That's why you're seeing that Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, South Florida. Yeah, I know, but wrong. Fourteen I'm, points, y'all. Like really? Cincinnati Bearcats good though. Cincinnati's, late double digits like this? I can't agree with that. I mean, that's nuts. Uh, I would take South that's Florida. Too many points. I don't agree. Too many I don't points, agree right? with the Fourteen. line. I would, yeah. I would take points. South Florida. But is it, it a weather me. issue? I mean, is it is it no, something that they're concerned about? There's an anti what he just said too. What Joe just stated with oh, Charlie Strong. Strong. Games Remember in Cincinnati, that? right? Yeah. It's the way he yeah. said it. Oh, come Cold weather for South Florida kids. I think it's just more if Tulane put a whooping on USF last week and I mean they beat them. Charlie Strong might be one of the most overrated coaches in the country. I've said that year after yeah. year. I, I mean, and that was the, a great call by you. I mean, I disagree with you in, in terms of that. But the days of the days of his Louisville success feel like they're getting longer and longer in the rearview yeah. mirror. Well, now we got we to get to this one just because for, for you, Joe. Go. Uh-oh. Akron. Akron. Bring on Akron. Yeah, Akron and Eastern Michigan. Talk to t- Coach Bowden this morning. Some, somebody's asking about the total. Akron, Eastern Michigan, over under 42. Yeah, uh, problem with that. I mean, the low total with Northern Illinois, it was 30. I believe it was 37, and they went over. Was uh, that's total? A, uh, in that game, it was 37. It opened to 39, went down to 37, and then Cato Nelson got hurt in the third. Yeah, in zips the are struggling quarter. offensively. I yeah, mean, I just... mean, it comes down to Cato Nelson. I mean, if Cato Nelson's healthy, they're fight. They're 4-4. Four and four, They're fighting to become bowl eligible you'll never get me to pick against Akron I root for them every week so favorite Cato of all time Cato Nelson Cato Kalen Cato from uh How about Cato uh what was Cato from Rakeem Cato uh, from Marshall Rakeem, yeah, Rakeem Cato I like that that would be my favorite Cato of all time I, I like Rakeem yeah. Cato uh, you know I'm gonna go with the Cato was the um who was the superhero was the, uh, who was the uh, sidekick Cato from Cato. the sergeant Green on Hornet. homicide Green life Hornet. on the street Green Thank you. You know, I'm gonna wear a mask homicide life Hornet. on the street the sergeant was uh, Cato he was okay. also in that movie uh, Midnight Run I believe with Rob De Niro really? that was a long time oh, great that movie was by such a good movie that Midnight was. Run was yeah. such a good movie let me just say this though Texas uh, has won three of the last five over Texas Tech by 18 points per game so keep that in mind as we go through that game uh High scoring? I think it's high scoring, but I, I think I anything think involving Texas Tech, I lean towards high scoring. And, and listen, Sam Ellinger is getting more and more comfortable. As long as his shoulder's healthy, he can move that offense. I, you know, I I just don't know what to expect from Texas at this point. They yeah, got to we'll go. See. They got to go out on the road. If they fall to what six and four with a loss? Yeah, that's very disappointing. Very disappointing. And, and their win total for the year was six and a half, seven when it first opened up. And the only team over the last six years that hasn't exceeded their win total in six years, Texas. Really, they were six straight unders. Talk about talk about Vegas uh, yeah. giving too much credit well, to the program. They, they were well, I I was on them, but I'm saying the, like six straight years to go under their win total. I mean that's unbelievable too. Yeah. So see how that game plays out. Any other totals or anything at twelve that we're looking at before break? Yeah, you know what? Uh, what else do we got? Uh, uh, hold as... that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, I know. I was going to say yeah, we're going to a break. Yeah, we're going to break. When we come back, we'll be talking <laughs> about <laughs> Alabama, Mississippi State, Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live Roll from high. Studio Thirty Four. Keep it where it is.